0: The so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. You guys, you didn't think to hear, uh, you'd hear from me again, huh? Huh? Yeah, sorry. I needed to do this. I woke up uh, and I felt like I I really missed out on a lot of the things that I wanted to talk about. And I slept on it and I woke up kind of just passionate and angry and excited. And I wanted to get it out. And I realized I have a podcast so I can. And it might be frustrating for you, the listener, to have to listen to another thing after there's three and a half hours of a new episode. And it's hard to keep up. I know. So I'm doing this to purge the demons. I'm doing this. Uh, Because my therapist and my life coach says I should do things like this, so I'm doing this. And you don't have to listen. But here are all my thoughts, or the thoughts that I woke up with, about last night's Vanderpump Rules and this season of Vanderpump Rules. And I beg of you, please go back and listen to this new episode with Bravo Historian and Aaron Martin, because it's just, it's really a good, fun episode But I had to get this off my chest. And my parents, I did like a 20-minute interview with. And that was fun because it was my parents. But I had a lot of stuff I wanted to say. And it was too late in the night to say it. And I woke up with a little bit of vim, vigor, and piss. Piss and vinegar? Piss and vinegar? How do you say that? A vim vinegar? Vim vinegar? Wow. Okay. That could be a couple minutes right there. Um, So here are my thoughts on Vanderpump Rules as a whole. Also, you guys, two judgy girls coming on next week. Woo! Brian Moyen coming on the week after. We're getting good, guys. We're getting real good because of you. Thank you so much. Vanderpump Rules, here we go. Ain't nobody got me feeling like I'm feeling you. Like I'm feeling you. Like I'm feeling you. Yeah. everybody freeze, put your hands up. And I had watched Vanderpump Rules on the East Coast feed and then and recorded with my parents for 20 minutes, or or however long that was. And it's just really at the end of a really long day. And then I, when I was trying to fall asleep at night, I really get usually really exhilarated after I finish something or put it to bed, you know, because it's, you know, just a lot of work um, in a great way, in a, in a really uh, great way. I'm very, you know, proud of it. I'm not complaining. But I re watched clips of. The Pump Rules finale, and I need to talk a little bit more about it. And I'll probably talk about it. I know I have uh, two judgy girls on next week, and I think we'll probably talk about that as well because I I really want to dissect this a little bit more than I did with my parents. And i I think I recorded it last night, and I was exhausted, and I was exhausted by the season. I think we all have reason to be exhausted by the season, and it is weird because. All of a sudden, the the, the season started coming to light for me in the last couple of episodes when they started commenting on the bullshit that Jax pulls. You know, when those text messages started coming out um, when they went to Max's beach party and he was like, this is ridiculous, man. I'm not driving all the way down here. It went behind the scenes of production. And I talked about this in today's regular episode is that Beverly Hills is smart enough to start acting like production happens. You know, this isn't a documentary. This is a reality show. We all need to accept that. But they need to be smart. When you're 8 seasons in, you can't just act like everything is is normal. Like we're just going about their normal lives. No. Their normal lives now involves production. So you need to make production part of the process. And we had one of the most important moments Uh, Vanderpump rules history, even if we call this season a wash, even if we say, you know what, let's wash our hands of this season and let's look forward. There was one of the most important moments that's being talked about. You know, it's the shot heard around the world. It's Lisa Vanderpump telling Jax last night after he had said, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's, these are my friendships. You know, it's, it's what makes it, you know, my show good, but it's my friendships. And she's like, no, 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 it's my show. Because, by the way, when you threaten Lisa and telling her she's a star, that's when Lisa really steps up and, like, actually snaps to action. Which, by the way, hats off, because this is the Lisa I want. And you got to remember, Lisa's saying the monologue that I'm about to read – is so important because she has dealt with the suicide of her brother, the death of her mother. She has gone through real loss, and she, you know, mind you, was not carrying around a you know celebratory bottle of Fireball or carrying her mom around in a little white box to try to gain sympathy. Okay, so what Lisa tells Jax in this moment is, "We're all human beings." We're all going to lose people. We're all going to fall in love. We're all going to have great relationships, and we're all going to fuck up. Stop being, stop being depressed on yourself. We're all going to lose our parents. We're all going to go through tragedy because that's what life's about. So you're going to deal with it. you got a beautiful woman. You've got every chance in life. Now pull it together. Go see someone. Talk to, talk to them and realize how lucky you are. End of fucking story. Now... I really had to go back and watch that, and I didn't give it enough justice on today's pod, and I really woke up regretting that. I really did, because it is such an important moment, and I really don't want to sweep that under the rug, so I will be talking about this again last week, you know, and I feel like, I I know it's bonehead, but I feel like I made a mistake, like I feel like I should have, I gotta be better, I gotta be better, but but you guys, that's an important moment, because you can look at it two ways. First off. If that's off the cuff and nobody wrote that for her, which I don't think, I, if that just came out of her, there's a reason why she is where she is. There is. You've got to give it up to Lisa Vanderbrook. you got to. I don't think she is needed in these seasons, and I want to see less of her. But for moments like that, chilling. Nipples fully hard on that. <laughs> but the other thing is, imagine this. Imagine that, and then we saw all of the cast members walk out of TomTom. And we heard the Vanderpump Rules, Dina Dudley theme song slowly. Not fast. They slowed it down like they did in the first teaser preview of the season. And by the way, if you remember the first teaser trailer of the season, it's the exact dialogue that they used Lisa at the the last episode of like, you know, all of their friendships, I thought they would last forever. So it's crazy that they already had that all in the can Or really a strong direction on where they were going with Talking Heads even back then, which is months and months and months ago. So I find that fascinating just from a production standpoint, which, by the way, you guys, I think we need to start thinking about it from a production standpoint. And especially if we're going to start coming down on editors and, you know, we got to then, like, if everybody's going to be held accountable, let's all be held accountable. Let's all get into the mix. You know, open that door. Let's see it. Open the door. You opened it. Now walk through it. And where did I just hear that? I can open oh Lisa Renna in Beverly Hills with the the her daughters, of course, me and Harry can open the door to many opportunities, but they've gotta walk through it at Lisa Rena um, no, so isn't it fascinating? they all walk out? Wouldn't it be a beautiful, beautiful moment if that was the end of Vanderpump Rules? if that was the end, it would be. A beautiful ending, right? Because you would see how all of these people change. You know, in acting, we talk about, you know, the start of a scene and the end of the scene. And then the journey you take to get to the end of the scene. And there's gotta be hills and bumps and valleys, and you gotta, you gotta, you know, rack up the emotion and the drama, and then you gotta bring it down to a resolution. So if you're looking at it in this shape of a story, that is a story, that is an end. You see how it's changed people, you see how it's torn people apart, how it's brought other people together, like Ariana and Tom, or Tom and Katie, or even Tom and Tom to Tom Tom. You know, there have been victories, and there has been tragedies. Remember Stassi and Beau? Uh, you, you had Jax cheating. Ja- I think Jax and Brittany getting married is a tragedy. But you have all of these fascinating subplots that I feel you really could, if you want to resolve it, if you want to resolve a show, that is... Just as strong of a finale as, say, the Sopranos finale, which everybody was up in arms with. So if this was the finale, everybody would be up in arms, but it would be a worthy finale. Now, mind you, this won't ever happen. Because this show still gets a couple million viewers a week. And it's definitely losing viewers, but it's not losing a lot of viewers. And it is still one of the jewels of uh, Bravo Network. So even if... The production company said, you know what? We want to end it. There's no way they would be allowed to. So rest easy. This is not the end of Vanderpump Rules, even though it should be. They will definitely keep this going for another couple of seasons because you are looking at a property. You are looking at a financial property. And that's it. It's like selling soap. It's selling your favorite sports players t-shirt, which by the way, I'm dying to get a Michael Jordan shirt. I need to get a Michael Jordan. I love that last dance documentary. I just rewatched the final episode this morning again when I woke up just to try to get inspired for the day because I want to be like the bad boy of podcasting, the Michael Jordan of podcasting, if you will. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so all of that happens. I don't know. I think it's a very fitting end, but it won't be. So where do we go from here? Now, I want to give a couple of critiques of this season. Now, um, Max and Brett, it's a hard decision because I'm sure they thought it was going to work, but it didn't. They need to go. I think it should be very easy to lose Brett, even though he is tried to be entrenched with all the friend groups but as a viewer he never took up to, you know he never really took in and even the drama he created was just for being a little whiny bitch and kind of snitching on his other friend max and just being a real bitch all but a bitch under the guise of i like to do the right thing yet he kind of went behind the back and did all the wrong things i all i mean and what a bizarre bizarre defense of Brett by Dana What a bizarre defense of like, yeah, I understood what Brett meant when he said he wasn't like, you know, didn't have feelings for me. Yeah, I see what he's saying, you know, and I know he like, you know, it's like, dude, this is why girls like let guys walk all over them is this is the perfect example. Brett literally said out of his own mouth, I don't have feelings for her. And then it was like, yeah, you know what I mean? And she was like, yes, Brett's great guy. I'm just really mad at max. It was truly bizarre. That kind of magical thinking always confuses me. And I know I primarily have a female audience, but it really does confuse me. I have primarily friends that are girls and it does confuse me. That, that kind of magical thinking confuses me. Um, And it's like, why? You know, like, there's... Is it just because he's so hot? It can't be his personality. Like, what is it? And by the way, the last I looked, there's tons of hot guys everywhere. Everywhere. So I feel like she could really do better. And I gotta say, this whole storyline was, you know... And it's nothing against Dana. But it's like, really, they, they... I guess somebody had to do it. But they took the hit. They, like, landed on the grenade. Because they were brought up to a main storyline before any three of them were ready. And I think I'm starting, I was starting to get a little turned off by the end of the scene uh, season. And I guess it's kind of boiling over to a little bit online of Dana's like pure confidence. And it's not like, Oh, you don't want women to be confident. No, like I definitely do. But there's something about it. That rings false to me. There's something about it that like, it's like false bravado. Which is kind of sad in a way because we all have been there. You know, we've all like tried to like pop off our chest when we want to crumble inside. And I see a lot of that in Dana. I see a lot of like, okay, well, I'm just going to act up and say like the smart ass cute thing and like keep it moving. But then when you see how she handles somebody like Brett, then you realize that how potentially um, uh, how potentially how how she has a lack of self-esteem. You know, her acting like she has the most self-esteem really shows me the opposite Uh, I could be completely reading into this and she might be like the baddest bitch that's ever ruled the world. But I feel like she really took a hit and had to be that person to introduce us to a new cast, but it was just done in such a janky way. And she, it's like having an actor work off two other actors that don't know what they're doing. So like Dana, Like, Dana's going to be great. In three years, like, this is her rookie season. In three years, she's going to be killing it, I think. But she's not completely ready. And then you give her somebody like Max and Brett to work off of? Now, Max, like, and this is besides all of their tweets. This is besides any of all of that stuff. And it it just doesn't work, you guys. Max seems so sleepy. So sleepy. He just seems like he sleeps his way through scenes. And I know, like, I know everybody that knows Max in real life that I've talked to really loves the dude. And it's obviously the two Toms really love the dude. But all we can judge is what we see, is what is presented for us on this screen, okay? So that's all we can judge it by. That's all we're judging Max by, unfortunately. And it's just not, it just seems like he doesn't want to be there. And I, it, it's so lackadaisical and it's not even lackadaisical in a, like a surfer, California, bro. It's lackadaisical in the sense of like, I want to know how he got the general manager job at Tom, Tom Like what? It just seems, I don't know. And I know, but I know I hear so many people that know this dude. And I, you know, and even the couple times I have met this guy, he is so nice so like it's very different and some people just don't have that on screen like you know some people like like Brad Pitt you see him on screen it's magic or even Tom Hanks it's magic or even um, uh, Amy Adams or you know like there are certain people the camera loves and I don't think the camera loves Max I think Max's real charm is in person and maybe that's why he's the GM of Tom Tom because it's a very in-person job you have to be charming to be a GM and I'm just not reading it online now Brett on the other hand As a true case of miscasting, of bringing somebody in because they think he's hot and will get women and he might have a little bit of a brain, they think. But I think whatever the interview process was, it was not done deep enough. And you saw Brett, my summation of the season was seeing him try to put himself in every scene. Try to play all the angles. And it just read as a desperate actor. It read as somebody wanting to get the part that couldn't get the part. But it's trying desperately to get the part. And it just read. But I want to point out, guys, you know, you know when we see things that are real. Okay? So, like, trust yourself as an audience member. You know what real is. Like, Charlie, on last week's episode of of this podcast, that was real. Like, you felt that. Like, I felt that. I knew I was talking to a real person. You know when you're not talking to a real person. We see it, we feel it. We see it on TV when we're seeing fake situations. There is something inside us, some kind of internal clock that is an amazing gift that we all have. That we usually know when we see bullshit. And unfortunately, whether you you know whether production or the cast wants to argue or not, this season seemed full of bullshit. It seemed a lot a lot of self editing by cast members until the very end. And it seemed production trying to create storylines out of stuff that might just not be there. Um, and I want, to, I want to also say, all of these thoughts, all of these comments, I know it might seem negative at times, but it's spoken by somebody who truly is passionate for this art form. I do think reality shows are an art form. It's something that I, and this show, I do want to see succeed. And it is passionate. This is exactly like my friends talk about Sports. You know, they they talk about the teams they hate, they talk about the players they hate, and they they, they are passionate about the players they love. So why is this any different? And guys, once again, and it's like, I want to preface, if any cast members are listening to this, I'm just judging by what I see. You know, I'm guessing on what I don't see, but we have to be able to make opinions by what we see. If you're going to put that out there, then you have to expect that people are going to, uh going to make snap judgments that's the whole thing that's how we watch art that's how we watch tv that's how we watch film that's how we listen to music we personalize it through our personal filters through our life experience and then we we make judgments on that that's just how art is consumed so uh so yeah and i got to say also And this seems so kiss-ass because I've really done this from the beginning. And I know, but really hats off to Tom and Ariana. Really hats off. These are two people that have grown. And and I've said on this, like, you know, Ariana didn't get the storylines this season. And maybe she didn't have the storylines because, you know what? Maybe working on your mental health isn't sexy. All we see is Jax is complaining about his mental health. We don't see him working on it. We saw Ariana try to work on it. Um, And sometimes maybe that's not sexy for a show, but you saw some amazing work in this season finale. So when somebody like Ariana, who's I felt gotten the short end of the stick a lot in this season, has that last conversation with Jax and Jax throws his wife immediately under the bus about the pool party. Oh, really affected Brittany. I was pretty cool with it. And to have that kind of cool, unflappable calm when you're, it's it, it's the calm of somebody that knows that they're right. The confidence that has the convic, convictions of their beliefs. And she's right. She was able to stare him down, not flinch, I not, not flinch, be able to look him in the eye and say, like, well, I'm probably going to fuck up a lot. Of you. And she's like, I know you are. I know. And then he's like, well, da, da, da. and she's like, okay, we're done here. Thanks. There was not a a single bead of sweat on that girl's brow. And somebody, my uh, friend, uh, the meme artist at the prostitution Horror on Instagram did a great meme of her with the number one guy in the group uh, caption. And I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I really do. I feel like she's the number one guy in the group. But I also want to give hats off to Sandoval because what Sandoval did at the very end, he went up to Brittany and Jack's and And he's like, you have every right to feel that way. Sorry about that. You know, didn't shy away from it. Said, hey, sorry about that. You know, hugged her. They, you know, it was very civil and nice. And then she walked away and Jackson Tom had their little showdown. And this is what I've been talking about all season is that sometimes friendships have an expiration date or there's a season to a friendship there's seasons and not to say that they won't come back because obviously Jax is setting himself up for a redemption storyline again next season where he quote unquote wins back his friends after Lisa's big speech you know that's what he's probably like getting comments from like how should I handle this how do I get back in people's good graces um and I don't know how he's gonna do it I don't I don't know if we're gonna buy it and if he does like are we willing to accept it and the, the crazy thing is, like my dad said it last night, is that you do need a villain. I do need somebody that I love to hate. And I love to hate Jack. So what does that say about me? I'm part of the problem. Because guess what? He leaves. What what then? What do we do? So we are at this weird catch-22 of we hate him, but we need him. We hate him, but we need him. Because I hate that I love him because he gives me something to rail about. But what I hate about him is... We always, you know, is the people that say bullshit and never put the work in to actually fix themselves to be a better human. They end up lying their way to the top. Like he might be personally tortured, but like he's, he does, he has a wife, he has a house, he has money. He's able to get all of that just through lying and cheating. And I'm talking literally, literal cheating. He's able to get all of that. So what does that say? does I mean what does that say? I don't know. I I I get so frustrated. I get so frustrated with this show, but I guess that's what we love about it too. And I and I like that I'm frustrated because at least it shows that I care at least. I, it shows that I still have some care left for me in this show because I am fascinated. How do you turn it around? Now, if Bravo was smart, if this production company, if any of the production company is listening, you need, you need to do a behind the scenes documentary of the revamp of Vanderpump Rules. Show us how you're going to fix it. I want to be in on the conversations. I just watched that 10 part last dance, Michael Jordan documentary. It took us behind the scenes. Take us behind the scenes. I want to see conversations of what you think about everybody. I want to see conversations of possibilities of where things could go. I want, I want that all. Um, let's see what else. Uh, so that last scene with Jackson and Tom, I was very proud of Tom because he literally said a very good therapist line. That I my therapist has always t- told me is to set boundaries. So he literally said. Well, I am setting a boundary with you right here. I am speaking it out loud so there is no um, confusion and there can be no pussyfooting around it. I'm going to set a boundary. And then Jack's like, oh, well, you know, maybe we should take a break. Maybe we should take a break. And you saw, like, Tom's look. There was, like, if you look back, there was, like, this tinge of sadness where he was like, oh, man, you just can't let this go, can you? And Tom was like, Okay, man. Okay. And this is also, I mean, having Tom have to hear Jack say, I was in a Home Depot and I cried on aisle eight. Why? There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. And Tom was like, dude, you can't keep using these excuses. It's been 20 years of the same shit. And I love that. I thought it was powerful. I thought it was you know what i what i see in tom and what i see in ariana is what i would like to see more of in myself and i think that's why a lot of us really like them is because i would like to be more honest more truthful more uh standing up for what i believe instead of sometimes keeping my mouth shut instead of like you know and doing it in the right way and sometimes that hurts people but at least they're able to express what they want to say. And they usually are right. They're usually inclusive people. Also, on that tip, I got to say, I do believe DJ James Kennedy's redemption arc. I do. He won me over. I was really upset with him with the rage text with Raquel. But you got to accept that alcohol is a problem for a lot of people. It's not some kind of fake, phony thing. It's a real issue. And he obviously had that real issue. And what an inspiring thing to hear DJ James Kennedy say, I owe it all to Raquel to the love of that woman, because without her, I wouldn't get to know the person I am right now. I wouldn't have known this was possible without her. Which, by the way, is still great, because it's still so vain. It's still saying like, fuck, I'm a dope person. But he gives it up to her. And, you know, after he apologized to Rand, and she, uh, after, oh God, I'm tearing up actually. After he apologized around and she came up and she was like, you are so hot right now. And I know that's so silly, you guys, but it was so cool because it was like, she must have been so relieved for multiple reasons. Because I think she honestly believes and loves in DJ James Kennedy like a lot of us do, but also because it allows her to be friends with everyone too. It allows her, like, she's not a person that wants drama. She's not a person that, like, she wants things to be right and she knows he did wrong. You can't go around making fun of people's weight. I can only make fun of my own weight during, (laughs) but but you know what I'm saying? It was like this beautiful moment of this, I got to say it, a beautiful relationship. I still haven't forgiven Lala, but Rand, what a great season for him. We haven't said enough, you know, I mean, he was in it. I wish we had seen more of the Fafi drama, but he will not probably be, allow himself to be seen like that on TV, which is understandable, Lala, I still have not forgiven. There is a lot to go, and I just don't think she gets it, and I think maybe she's just too young, and I would love to meet her in 10 years. I, I would lo- I, I'm excited to see the future for Lala. But, like, these aftershows, I really strongly suggest you watch these Vanderpump Rules aftershows online because Lala just doesn't seem like she gets it. She says uh, in one of the most recent, that Ariana is jealous of her success? What success? Is it the makeup line that you say is like all animal cruelty fury, but a lot of people have proved that it comes from China? Is that the success? The success of wearing beautiful clothes that you didn't pay for? Is that the success? The success of marrying a potentially successful producer? Is that the success? What's the success? The success I see is somebody that's been able to remain sober, and congratulations. The success success, success of having a, a good voice but she's paying for all the opportunities to use it. And I don't think she's paying for it. What's the success? Being mean to people? Bullying people? That's not success. That's not success. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see where her journey takes us. Uh, and Danica and Charlie. Now, of course, I have personal feelings about this because of Charlie. But uh, Danica, what a great... What a great thing that we saw of her getting booted out of that party. That girl is ready, ready to be a reality star. Let her, like, let her play. Let her play. Let her get in the game. Because, by the way, it doesn't seem forced. It seems like she's naturally causing drama. And that's much different. You know? And... I think you got to give hats off to people that naturally play the game, don't even know they're playing the game. Just things just follow them. Hats the fuck off. And Charlie, obviously, we know she can do it. Obviously, we know there is a lot of power there. There is untapped mind of a real person there. So I think she is a good building block if you're looking to create a good team. By the way, like I said, it's just I've watched the last dance documentary way too much. I'm comparing everything to sports. And you know what? You got to. You gotta you that's such such bullshit because I'd never been in the sports, but now I'm like, what you gotta do defensively is on the offense you gotta like guys, I don't know sports, but what I'm guessing about sports is that it's a building season for Vanderpump Rules. And um so yeah, use the use the blocks you have. I also wanna see Danica's boyfriend, I think his name is Brett as well, or Max or something, you know. And uh we saw him holding like hugging her in this final episode. Put him in there. I want to see their fights. Obviously, they get into him. Also, fascinating Twitter fight between Danica and Charlie, because I guess they haven't talked in a while, and they, they had it out on Twitter, and I thought it was fascinating, because Danica was like, well, I haven't talked to Charlie in ever, and Charlie, really calmly on Twitter. By the way, follow Charlie on Twitter. She just got there a couple days ago follow her. She's great. But she literally calmly says, "Yeah, you haven't talked to me and haven't told me why, but Sheena said it was because of this this and said because she fat-shamed Dana about going to Olive Dana about going to Olive Garden and that she was a waitress at 30." And Danica was like, "Yeah, I apologize for that." And and then like, but it was like this whole thing and like I'm telling you, Danica's a wild one. So I don't I think she's different than Charlie in a lot of ways. Like Charlie I think is what you call a real one and Danica is like there are people that live on a different plane, but I feel like she's a fire starter. Like she's a phoenix. Like She's going to like rise through the ashes of Vanderpump Rules and restore it to some sort of greatness. I mean, I feel like she might be the chosen one. I really do. And if we can get Charlie in there more... I mean, so Brian Moylian, I have a hard time saying his name. He is one of the brilliant writers for Vulture. Uh, You probably know him and love him if you are into Bravo. He has agreed to come on the podcast in the next couple weeks. And I cannot wait because that guy, if you read his recaps, and I try not to read his recaps a lot because I don't want to copy anything because they're fucking brilliant. And they're filled with amazing ideas. But I did read yesterday's. And I loved the thought of him spinning off the the, – we've talked about this many times, like spinning it off into two separate shows. Uh, but he, I love the idea. He said one should be called Valley Village and it focuses on the old people and then one should be focused around the people that actually work at Tom, Tom, and Sir. Because guess what? Dana and Danica actually work at Tom, Tom, and Sir. Like Tom and Tom actually work at Tom, Tom, but they're more of like figureheads and mascots. But there's a lot of stuff really going on there. There's a lot of natural drama going on there. I have a lot of friends that work at Tom. Tom. There's natural drama happening. So I really strongly suggest that like, these things all be considered. I feel like everything should be on the table. But the biggest thing out of all of this is don't treat us stupid. Bravo, Evolution Media, Andy, the cast of Vanderpump Rules, please don't treat us stupid as audience members please know that we've been watching this for decades now and that we're savvy as audience members. We're not dumb. We see where things head. We see like 10 steps ahead. So the show has to evolve with the audience. And right now the audience has evolved way past the show and we need to start getting back on an even keel. So it's so hard because it all comes down to casting and where do you find real relationships And you have to bet on it. When they say the first season of Vanderpump Rules, they kind of fell into something magical. They really did. It's lightning in a bottle. I mean, like, like take advantage. Do you think Camp Getaway is lightning in a bottle? (laughs) And no offense to Camp Getaway. I love Camp. But is that lightning in a bottle? Is Family Karma lightning in a bottle? I'm asking these questions. I don't know. But I do know Vanderpump Rules Season 1 was lightning in a bottle. It was magic. It was magic. Even Season 6. Magic. So it can be done. It can be rebuilt. And let's chalk this up to a rebuilding season with some really great moments towards the end. Really. You could do a super cut of this season and do one of the best 30-minute shows that's ever existed. (laughs) I needed to get this out, you guys. I hope, I know, this is so painful to release another episode after I just released an episode. But I woke up, and I was like, Ryan, you did something wrong. You didn't give it the justice it needed. And I didn't want to wait another week to give it that justice. So here's another episode. I hope you enjoy. I love you guys. Go listen to the longer episodes. And yeah, go. Go listen. Batches.